Hey you and welcome to NXT Talk, the show where we chat about all things NXT. Whether it be stateside, UK, or leveling up, we've got you covered. I'm Boris, and as always, I'm joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, it was a, a women's revolution this week on NXT. It was a pretty good show, all things considered. Much better than 2.0 has been recently. Uh, I was going to say, it feels like feels like a long time ago, but it was actually April 3rd, 2016 that Stephanie McMahon retired the Divas title and invented women's wrestling. So we've only had women's wrestling bars in WWE for five years or so, but this was a pretty good uh, women's wrestling edition of NXT 2.0. I think they should do it more often. Yeah, exactly. You know, in the past, we've talked about kind of like the state of 2.0, and, you know, we, we've clearly, uh, you know, aired our grievances in regards to the overall product, but we have always said where, you know, 2.0 is kind of doing its job is in the women's division. And they continue to do that. Like, and, and I thought last night's show was a perfect kind of summary and celebration of that, where the women's division is really looking good. I think it's safe to say that, you know, there was the show perfect? Hell no. But you know, all in <laughs> hell all, no. hell no. But all in all, it was a great sh- kind of showcasing for some of these women rookies these women in the nxt system you know in the factory that is so it's uh it was good i really enjoyed it yeah absolutely like on the nxt 2.0 scale solid very solid enjoyable show for a developmental thing you know what i mean whatever this weird mishmash of television but not ready for television is it was actually pretty good if you stack it against the greatest wrestling shows of all time i mean it wasn't wrestlemania x7 boris but all in all i left this show with a smile on my face i thought there was some stuff to laugh at some good enjoyable wrestling and actually there was some terrible stuff and you know it was it ran the gamut like nxt 2.0 sometimes does yeah, exactly. I think this was, yeah, it, it was good. Like, at the end of the day, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it's it's very cool to see some of the women that were featured. Uh, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's, it's it's safe to say that, you know, all things considered, is the women's division perfect in WWE? Far from. There's still a bunch of issues, a bunch of other issues in the industry. But, you know, at least I we kind of know that there is talent right now. Um, and, 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 and having the women kind of showcased just goes to show you, especially on the developmental show, the trust that the powers that be have with the people in that show. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I mean, they're kind of proving that they deserve that trust. Like, this was a good show centered around the women. So I think, by and large, they mostly delivered. All right, we do have a lot to get to because we are going to be chatting some NXT stateside and then some UK. So without further ado, let's get it right into business. But before that, Matt, we are the Young Guns. And as the Young Guns, we are done with star rating. Every week, we kind of change up our rating system. So it's something out of five. What are you thinking will be our star rate or our rating system for this week? Yes, the rating system du jour, Boris. Uh, it was still 2.0, you know what I mean? They did focus on the women. There were a lot of positives on the show, but at the end of the day, it's still point 2.0. Still a lot of ridiculousness. Still a couple felonies on the show, Boris. Yes. I think we got to go felonies out of five this week, just to remind everyone exactly what we're doing here. Exactly, that sounds good. All right, so the show starts off with footage from... Last week's Braun Breaker Joe Gacy confrontation, they specifically showed what happened after the show went off the air and was uh, what was available on the social medias. So Braun Breaker was kidnapped by Joe Gacy and his druids and his druids, uh, and put in the back of a white car. They put a burlap sack on his face. Joe Gacy was narrating a menacing monologue. Um, Gacy took Breaker to a random grassy area and then gave him a boot to the chest. Not legal in any way, shape, or form. But yeah, that's where we're at with this Joe Gacy feud. Uh, on YouTube, after last week's show, he left Braun Breaker beaten in the woods. So uh, welcome to NXT 2.0, Boris. That's how we begin. Yep, exactly. So then we cut straight into the first match of the night, which was Toxic Attraction. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane with Mandy Rose versus everyone's favorite, Wendy Chu. 
and Roxanne Perez. And this match yes. was for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Yeah, it, they did note, they did say off the top, this match is for the titles. They announced it. I didn't realize it was a title match. I actually thought it was non-title. But they announced off the hop, right as the show started, after the Braun Breaker thing, of course, that this was a title match. So uh, a hot start to the uh, to the show. I didn't like this match at all, really. Although Roxanne Perez has a lot to offer. Wendy Chu is a, is a very talented performer, lost in a bad gimmick. I thought uh, I thought Gigi Dolan had a very rough night, man. At the sixes, at the six and a half, six-ish minute mark of this show, Gigi Dolan throws the worst clothesline I've ever seen a human being throw. This was the worst clothesline in the history of wrestling. It was the worst clothesline in the history of laundry. It was if I, like if I saw you walking down the street, I was like, oh, Boris, a clothesline. It would look way more convincing and believable. Like this was, man. You remember Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee? Those clotheslines looked like JBL clothesline from hell. Like Stan Hansen lariats compared to this thing. So I just wanted to get that negativity off the hop out of the way. There were some positives here. Like I said, Roxanne Perez looks great. Very comfortable in there. Uh, yeah, I like the babyface team a lot more than the heel team. Yeah, the heel team again. I know we've said it before, but we'll say it again. They just seem uncomfortable with each other and in the ring. I don't know what it is, and I know that Gigi Dolan can do better. Like, I've seen her start a matches. She's not the greatest wrestler in the world, but she's a lot better than what she's kind of just putting on display on NXT. Yeah, I think that's fair, man, and I haven't seen much uh, Priscilla Kelly, although I have seen a couple couple matches, and she did seem... You know, way more talented. I saw her have some, like, hardcore matches and stuff. She has that one famous slash infamous moment on the indies, which we don't yeah. need to get too far into here right now. Yeah. But, yeah, no, she's she seemed like a talented wrestler, and I was pumped for the signing. But she hasn't shown a lot. And I think it's like you said, man, she doesn't seem comfortable in the role. And also, with the whole Nash Carter thing, you know what I mean? Like, she seems like she's a little beaten down. Like, confidence might be low right now. But we're, we're pulling for Gigi Dolan. She is a talented performer. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Roxanne Perez was kind of built as the super face in this match. She got the hot tag in. She gave Dolan a boot. Uh, Rose pulled Dolan out of the way, though. Chu gave Rose some ground and pound. Perez went for a code red on Dolan, but Jane got Perez with a super kick. Dolan put her weight behind a pinfall on Perez. So even though she was the super face, she ate the pin. So toxic attraction. Still, your NXT Women's Tag Team champs as they won in 10 minutes and 5 seconds. Yeah, so a lot of time given to this match. I didn't think it really gelled at all. I thought the ending was very lame. They just, like, Mandy Rose just walked into the ring, waltzed in, Lottie Dottie. That could be a disqualification in and of itself. Those rules are always spotty. Sometimes they call it as soon as the heel hits the ring. Sometimes they don't call it if a heel swings a kendo stick at a baby face. You know what I mean? It's just kind of, it's always lazy when that stuff happens. So I don't know. I thought this was kind of a disjointed match with a pretty lame finish. So, eh, it's not going to get a high rating for me, you know? Yeah, exactly. So before we do get that rating... Uh, after the match, Chu tried to attack Dolan, but Mandy Rose hit Chu with the NXT Women's Championship, and Toxic Attraction pretty much put the boots on her, as they say. Now, the boot were laid, definitely. So, yeah, I thought this was the, the worst match on the show, and I was kind of like, oh, this is not a good start for NXT 2.0, but it did really pick up from this point. Uh, we're going to go one felony out of a possible five felonies. Uh, pretty bad. Yep. All right, the show cuts to Grayson Waller and Tiffany Stratton hanging out at a shopping center. They were shopping while also venting about their issues in NXT. Waller talked about taking care of his Andre Chase problem. You know, uh, cheesy, but ultimately fun. Grayson Waller is good. Tiffany Stratton is okay. She's figuring it out. So I like uh, we see Joe Gacy and his druids just, you know, chilling in the dark, walking around. <laughs> they can't sleep because their heart's on fire. They hate creeps and they hate liars. Oh, wait, that's <laughs> someone else. Sorry. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> Roddick Strong was punching a punching dummy. Julius Creed and Brutus Creed confronted Strong about screwing them out of a clean win last week. Strong tried to say that a win is a win. Uh, Brutus said they are facing the Viking Raiders again next week and they will win the right way. Strong said he's okay with that and he's going to bring in a new member to Diamond Mine to help 
encourage the creeds. Strong introduced Damon Kemp. Uh, he was also Bobby Stevenson, the brother of Gable Stevenson, uh, as the new member of Diamond Mine. Julius wasn't happy and told Strong that the new members being added to Diamond Mine should be a group decision. Yeah, so it seems like we're pretty clearly building to a split, perhaps as soon as next week, because they tell stories on fast forward here at 2.0. But you know what? I'm okay with that. The creeds should be like established hardcore baby faces. And this diamond mine group is kind of leaning back heel with uh, with this Roderick Strong character, especially. But even the Ivy Nile stuff is is more heel than baby face, I think. Yep, agreed 100% with that. And, you know, I think they realized, you know, the, the, the Creed brothers are good enough now to kind of do their own thing. Yeah. Kind of makes me wonder that, you know, if they're going to get the call up sooner rather than later. I think, well, I wouldn't say they're low on the list, but like I can name you four or five people who need to go up before them. They still need some seasoning. Yeah. Ron Breaker, even who you could argue still needs a lot of seasoning is way more ready than the Creed brothers. And then you, that's not even mentioning like a Carmelo Hayes or God, a Cameron Grimes, right. Who has been ready since 2010. Yeah, exactly. All right, so Joe Gacy and his druid made their entrance. Gacy talks about how he left Breaker in the in the wilderness last week and how Breaker has to walk his journey all alone. Gacy talked about starting his journey months ago and how he promotes inclusivity and change. Gacy talked about the two men behind him taking the extra step and following his cause to the highest extent. Gacy said, these are the faces of change, and the expansion has begun. Uh, he invited Braun Breaker to his movement. Gacy continued to talk more of his stuff, threatening Breaker <laughs> at the same time. He did talk a lot of stuff. That is exactly well put. It was just a lot of stuff. But you know what? Credit where it's due. Crowd hated him. This is a heel that the crowd actually dislikes. And they, the crowd can entertain themselves. They can go into business for themselves. I think they've made up their mind on Cameron Grimes, for example. But uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Anyway, yeah. crowd, crowd did react exactly how you want them to react to a heel promo here. They hated, they hated this guy in a good way. They were booing him. They were chanting, shut the hell up. It was like, it was heel heat. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. It's my working one, to some extent. My one issue right now is with this character because he's still like this blend of, you know, the, the, the HR manager, angry HR <laughs> manager with, you know, a hint of the supernatural. And it's just this weird in the middle that he's in right now just is, is very awkward. Yeah, it's like they just they know a couple beats and they just can't help themselves from working in, right? Like, the Undertaker stuff has worked in the past, so they have to do it to some extent again. They have to give somebody some kind of spooky character. Bray Wyatt did the weird, like, bridging backwards exorcist spot. That worked. So now they have to give someone else something like that. And now Joe Gacy does the weird middle rope, upside-down headstand spot, you know? And that's supposed to be spooky or intimidating, which is... Just lame. Yeah, man, I, I agree. I completely agree. He's caught in between characters, and it doesn't make a ton of sense. This, this isn't working for me. But you have to you have to admit it worked for this audience on this night. And it's you know what's funny? It's funny that you bring up the audience because what I was thinking, especially during this promo, was how much influence the audience has with the powers that be in terms of, you know, who's quote-unquote over. So, you know, with this being such an intimate audience that really gets to know these wrestlers both in and out of the ring because, you know, it's all in the Orlando area, um, you know, it's quite the interesting element there. For sure, man. And I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but it's still free to get in, right? Yep. Like, they don't charge for tickets. So, correct. yeah, it is, it is an interesting... Uh, sample size, it is an interesting, like, uh, you know, market test to base your entire future on, yep. really. Exactly. But uh, that's, what they're, that's what they're doing. Yep. All right, so Saray in schoolgirl mode asked Andre Chase to be her tag team partner against Stratton and Waller. Bodie Hayward was the translator, saying that Chase U has a foreign language department, which was news to Chase. Uh, Saray, via subtitles, said that this was a teachable moment. Yeah, you know what? I really wanted to hate this, but I actually liked it a lot. I, I laughed know. at Bodie Hayward's delivery. Andre Chase is funny. These guys are these guys are great baby faces. Yeah, they've been this way. Like, sorry, the crowd turned to baby face like two months ago, and they they've embraced it and they're really figuring it out. Like, they're funny. They're like charming. You know, charming idiot baby faces. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's you said it best. It's like anytime Chase you shows up, 
You don't want to like it. You think it's going to be dumb. You think it's going to be cheesy, and it is, but it just works. Yeah, it does just work. And, like, yeah, the 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 goodness of Chase U oh, uh, outweighed the badness of this Sarai thing. Like, I still hate that gimmick. I still think it's dumb and uh, probably racist. Yep. All right, so Ivy Nows with a bunch of develop, developmental wrestlers, all men, in a WWPC gym. Uh, Barrett said it was the inaugural Ivy Nile challenge. All the large men struggled to keep up in push-ups with Nile, not about to be the last person standing after all the challenges. Yeah, I and again, this is like this is like heel, but it's charismatic heel. You know, it uh, it kind of reminds me of Bianca Belair's first character, where yes. she was at before. You know, like. Yep. Exactly. Um, all right, so we get the brackets for the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Uh, you know, we get the individual wrestler kind of uh, intros. They were all lined up on stage. Sloan Jacobs and Fallon Henley were in the ring for the first match. So it was Fallon Henley, Sloan Jacobs in a first-round match of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Yes, just to go back to that presentation, all eight wrestlers on the ramp, and they gave everyone's age, and uh, intangibles, which is always a laugh riot. I'm glad that intangibles have made their return to NXT television. Yep. So the match itself, pretty short. Only went four minutes, 25 seconds. What can we say? Yeah, you know, I mean, short, but I thought it was fine. Like, it was uh, it was average. Like, Sloan Jacobs has gotten some time on uh, Level Up. Seen her here and there. Uh, Fallon Henley... I th- I like her. I think she's she's got a character now, and she's kind of working it into her matches. She's like aggressive, bartending country girl, you know. And I think I, I think it's working for her. So I like this. It wasn't you know much more than average, but still, that you know, for a first round tournament match in the the this kind of tournament, you know, hats off to you. Four minute yeah. match. I, I liked it. Yeah, so Jacobs hit Henley with her Karana in a few clotheslines. Uh, Jacobs hit Henley with a swinging neck breaker for a two count. Henley escapes a hold and hit Jacobs with a shining wizard for the win at four minutes, 25 seconds to advance to the next round in the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament. Yeah, we're going to go two and a half felonies out of a possible five felonies on this one. Right on, right average, you know, standard match, but still good effort from these uh, young wrestlers. Yep, Briggs and Jensen celebrate with Henley in the ring. And then we go to the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, as she interviews my boy, Santos Escobar, who has flanked, who was being flanked by the rest of Lego, Legado del Fantasma. Mackenzie talked about Escobar not respecting the peace agreement when they kidnapped AJ Gallant. Escobar said it was a fair game when AJ decided to get involved in Legado's business. Escobar said, if you get involved in Legado's business, you may not end up being able to walk again. Honest to God, has got to be a dozen, two dozen kidnappings since we've started this show. That's hilarious. But you know what, Santos Escobar, excellent on the microphone. This was a very good promo about some ridiculous nonsense. Yep. (laughs) Cut to Cruz del Toro walking in the parking lot. Oh, man. All right, Del Toro entered the Legado SUV. Uh, Tony D'Angelo showed up. Angelo's goons were in the backseat of the SUV. They beat up Del Toro. D'Angelo and his goons kidnapped Del Toro in their car and drove off. Rookie mistake, bro. How do you not check the back seat in 2.0? Are you kidding me? I'm walking around with eyes on the back of my head. Like, I uh, I, I don't know, man. That's You got to check the back seat as soon as you get in that vehicle. But, uh, yeah, so Cruz del Toro, dead. <laughs> Kidnapped yeah. and gone. Never to be seen again. No, I assume he'll be back next Hopefully, week. We'll you never talk. know. <laughs> well, we'll do, yeah, we'll, yeah. Oh, that is funny. It's just, at this point, you can almost just laugh at this stuff. Almost. Well, we're openly laughing at it week after week. True. But uh, it's just so weird because NXT 2.0 is like high school, but also there's like a, a Godfather movie, like a C-grade gangster movie happening at the same time as as high school and also Sailor Moon and, <laughs> and also this weird pyro girl coming up now. Yes. Alba Fire. Alba <laughs> Fire. 
we boy. show footage of two months ago when Miller was stretched out with a neck injury. Alba Fire got new entrance music. Uh, yeah, all the fire. All the fire. All the fire. Alba Fire versus Amari Miller. I did like this match a lot. Nice to see Amari Miller back after I believe she was concussed by Lash Legend a few months ago. Yep. Yep, that's exactly what happened. So Miller hit Fire with an axe handle clothesline for a two count. Fire managed to hit uh, Miller with a gory bomb and swanton bomb for the win in only three minutes and 40 seconds. They were clear to call it. It is obviously no longer the KLR bomb. It was a mouthful. That's fine. What it is now, Boris, is the fire bomb. So it's still her name, bomb. Blank (laughs) bomb. So there we go. That's good. Uh, Continuity is important in this professional wrestling business. I thought this match was even better than the previous two. We're going to go three felonies out of five for this one. And I'm like, oh, this show's back on track right now. Yep, that's exactly what I thought. Uh, the show cuts to Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams pulling up to the performance center. Uh, Solo Sokoa held the door closed so they couldn't enter. Uh, they decided to search for another entrance. So this was a kind of a ridiculous gimmick, but kind of fun in a way. So Carmelo and Trick were scheduled for promo time, but Solo basically locked them out of the building and stole their promo time. Yeah, that's funny. All right, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Cora Jade about facing her idol, Natalia. Uh, she said, Jade said she's a bit nervous, uh, but Jade isn't the same person that Natalia met before and betrayed before. Uh, Jade said she's going to prove that she can hang in the ring with a future Hall of Famer. Yep. Uh, fine. It, you know what I mean? It was every wrestling promo you've ever seen, which it could be way worse. Exactly. All right, so Solo Sokoa makes his entrance. Uh, Solo was uh, got a bunch of Solo chants. The crowd is really digging him now. Yeah, crowd treated this guy like a star, and I thought overall he did a good job. He got a little lost, but he played it off like he was letting the crowd chant, and the crowd did chant, and then he picked it back up, showed some good fire on the microphone, and uh, yeah, I thought this was overall a win for Solo Sokoa. He did get lost a little bit, to be fair, but I mean, I think there was way more positive than negative in this promo, and you can tell that once he gets more comfortable, he'll be fine. Yep. Uh, Solo noted that it was supposed to be uh, Mellow and Trick's time to chat, uh, We, but it's Solo's time now. The crowd starts their Uso chants. Uh, Solo said that uh, y'all know what happened when Melo went after the North American Championship. Uh, Solo said he's okay with Melo getting his one-on-one title rematch, but Solo is going to be next. Solo's promo was cut off by Cameron Grimes, making his entrance to some booze. Yeah, so the crowd has made up their mind on Cameron Grimes. And that first week when it happened, I was quite mad at the audience. I went on probably the most angry rant that I've ever done on one of these podcasts. But uh, I don't know. I'm resigned to it now. It's a, like he's a better heel than he is a baby face. The, the my father uh, passed away and I'm winning the title for him. Storyline has concluded. He has won the title. So it's fine. If they want to boo him now because he's... You know, doesn't really have anything going on, and he's a better heel anyway. Cool. Turn him back heel. Let's do that. Yep. So Grimes said he respects Solo like the crowd. Grimes said he understands that Solo wants a shot, but the upcoming In Your House theme show, Mello will be getting his title shot. The crowd gave Grimes a You Got Lucky chant. Grimes then promised Solo that the next title shot after he defends against Mello will be with him. Uh, Solo leaves the ring. Mello shows up and gives uh, Grimes a chop block. Trick and Mello beat up Grimes while Solo looked over his shoulder. Mello tried to drive Cameron's head into a steel chair with a top rope move, but Solo ran back to the ring, cleared the heels. Uh, Solo picked up the North American title belt, and uh, Grimes snatches it from Solo because it's his belt. Yes, sir. So it looks like Solo's going to get that title at some point, I think. I really do. He'll probably be the next one with it. Um, So this means, Boris, we got a bonus podcast coming Saturday, June 4th. Yep. It's a premium live event. You seem so excited right now. NXT no. in your house three, I believe. It is you the know, third time NXT is done in your house. Yeah. No, what I was thinking was, uh, so we have the after party for Double or Nothing on the 29th. 
in your house something on the 4th and then hell in a cell is the next night june 5th yeah that's what I was going to say. So we're probably not going to do an after party for this NXT because we're probably going to do one for Hell in a Cell. We like yep. to try to do them after every pay-per-view. We'll see exactly how it shakes down because there is also there's a lot coming. You know what I mean? There's also uh, Forbidden Door, which I think we really need to do one for Forbidden Door. So and that's in June as well. But yeah, we will we'll figure it all out. But yeah, it's not going to be a YouTube after party, but it will. You will get a podcast probably immediately yep. after that show, if not right away. Sunday morning exactly like yeah June July is going to be a busy month because like you said we have Forbidden Door I think that show um it deserves the after party treatment um so that's on June yeah like if we had to choose sorry not to interrupt but if we had to choose between Hell in a Cell and Forbidden Door we got to pick Forbidden Door like that's the bigger deal yeah yeah for sure uh and then on July 1st the next Saturday just days later it's Money in the Bank which right now looks to be like it's going to be a huge show because it is in a stadium and uh well you know what my prediction is with cody winning on july 1st and then him winning the title on america's birthday yes july 4th the american nightmare wins the title and hopefully uh comes out with the winged eagle Boris, yep, and then the that next will week. be my american nightmare with cody as <laughs> Oh, I'm, in, I'm into the Cody Rhodes, John Cena baby face. The Co- Cody Hogan, Holly, well, not Hollywood, the immortal Cody Rhodes, I guess it would be. <laughs> yep. All right, so we have a busy summer, and, you know, we'll, we'll keep everyone updated with exactly what's going on. Um, you know, it is summer, so, you know, we try to uh, kind of respect everyone's schedules, and everyone has, uh, you know, that, that magical thing called real lives. But we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to cover everything, which I know we will in some shape, way, or form. All right, back to the show. Santos Escobar, Joaquin Wilde, and Electra Lopez were walking in the parking lot. But you see, they were together as a group, so they're safe. Yes, it's like if you're if you're walking alone, you get picked off by a pack of wolves in this jungle that is the NXT 2.0 parking lot. Yep. But if you travel in a group, you're okay. Yep, they were worried, wondering what happened to Cruz del Toro. And then, this just made me laugh, because out of nowhere, we get some music playing in the background. The show cuts the cinematic camera to show a conversation between Escobar and D'Angelo. D'Angelo sarcastically denied kidnapping del Toro. Uh, D'Angelo got fired up with Escobar, brought up kidnapping uh, AJ Glant. D'Angelo then agreed to release Del Toro if uh, Escobar releases Glant. Escobar agreed. Both men then agreed to a match. Escobar ended his phone call with a FU, which was censored. Uh, D'Angelo kicked over a table in anger. I wonder uh, when Luthez was traveling around in the 40s and 50s as NWA champion, if he ever pictured that, you know, just a scant, you know, amount of time, a scant 60, 70 years, Boris, we would be getting mobster movies and multiple felonies to set up wrestling matches. Is this the business that Luthez wanted? I'm going to guess, yes, it is. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. So we get a cool ad uh, so uh, kind of promoting the 200. 100th episode of NXT UK. 200. Yeah, that's tomorrow, uh, I believe, as we record this. It will be May 12th, 2022. I'm going to be watching that live, I think, if I'm free Thursday afternoon. Same here. All right, so the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Nathan Frazier. Frazier said he's still on cloud nine after beating Grayson Waller last week. He said he's rooting for Andre Chase in the next match. Zion Quinn shows up, asks Frazier to run it straight. Run it straight. Frazier said he didn't know what that meant. Uh, Wesley shows up and joked about not knowing what it means either. Frazier said he thought that run it straight was a foreign thing or something. Frazier left. Lee got in Quinn's face and he said he'd be willing to face Quinn. So a couple things after this. I actually liked Nathan Frazier's promo here a lot. He showed me much more confidence than I thought and like just like competence on the microphone, much more personality and charisma than I thought he had in his body. 
So that's cool. Nathan Frazier's got a little a little something on the microphone. Uh, Wes Lee is really talented. He's a very confident, good speaker. He needs more mic time. Zion Quinn is the one that will be pushed out of the three, I'm sure. But he's, you know, other than the fact that he's tall and good looking, he has like significantly less to offer the wrestling business than the other two, which is funny because it's WWE and we all know what's going to happen. Yep, exactly. It's kind of funny how that works out, right? Yes, yes, it is. Funny All is right. a word you could use. Andre Chase and Magical Girl Mode, Saray versus Grayson Waller and Tiffany Stratton in a mixed tag team match. So, so uh, Saray is Sailor Moon. That is her character. Full stop. That's exactly what it is, word for word. And uh, when she when she did her Sailor Moon transformation, Andre Chase and Bodie Hayward morphed as well. So Bodie Hayward became a schoolgirl. Wade Barrett was uh, mildly attracted to him on commentary. <laughs> it was a it was a gag from the Attitude Era, but uh, you know it's I, again like there's there's good cheesy and bad cheesy in wrestling. To me, this felt like good cheesy. If you were offended by it or thought it was bad, I I totally accept that because it wasn't genius. You know what I mean? But I giggled. I did chuckle. Yeah, same here. It's, it's like. <sighs> This is this is where we're at now. That's where we're at now, Boris. Sailor Moon and uh, the goofball chase you clowns morphing into schoolgirls that Wade Barrett wants to fuck on commentary. <laughs> That's where we're at, buddy. All right, so Chase tripped Waller and Sarai hit him uh, with a face wash drop kick. Stratton tackled Saray in the back and gave her a body slam. Stratton hit Saray with a corkscrew Vader bomb. Saray got the foot on the bottom rope for the rope break and to break the count. Bodie Hayward shot an air horn at Stratton. Stratton gave Hayward a plancha. Saray rolled up Stratton for the win in about, what, 10 minutes, 9 minutes, something like that. Yeah, I, I, I haven't been timing because you've been timing lately. But, yeah, I can start timing again for backup. But, yeah, I would say definitely under 10 minutes, but probably over 8, 9. It was 7 uh, of on-air time. There you go, yeah, with the commercial. So, yeah, what, like 10, 11? There you go, my friend. Yeah, one thing I, I appreciated a lot is that when Saray hit Grayson Waller with her basement dropkick in the ropes, Grayson sold it like death, and he yeah. was out for the rest of the match. I loved it. And good on Grayson, you know, sell for everyone, sell for this 115 pound woman. Good. And it puts that dropkick over like crazy and she's been killing people with it. So it should, uh, all in all, man, I thought this was a bit of fun. It wasn't, you know, a classic mixed tag team matches are, uh, bad by and large, almost as a rule, but you know, this one was definitely above average on the mixed tag team scale. If nothing else, we're going to go three felonies out of five, 60% felony percentage. Yep, exactly. All right, so we're back to the Ivy Nile Challenge. Now they're doing uh, weighted lunge races. All the guys got tired. Now blew past them all. Yep. She is uh, a better athlete than all these performance center schmoes. Yep. The hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Von Wagner about injuring Eichmann Giro. Uh, Robert Stone, sorry, sorry, Mr. Stone took the mic and talked about how Wagner is on a path of destruction. Eichmann Giro shows up to attack Wagner. And then Norman Smiley with the cameo and yes. other referees pull apart both men. Love to see Norman Smiley get the cameo. I thought this was actually kind of funny just because they were like, uh, Mr. Stone, as it were, made a point to say, yeah, Eichmann Giro is going to be out for the next four months. It was, I, I actually said out loud, like, wow. Like, oh, no. But then, like, Eichmann Giro showed up within 90 seconds yeah. and i guess he's just back and healthy so that was that was a kind of a fun tease for anyone who's actually paying attention <laughs> yep uh we see ariana grace and nikita lyons warming up uh and ad aired for wwe's partnership with the special olympics uh we see mandy rose jc jane and Gigi dolan walking up to indy hartwell rose claimed that she was here to support hartwell hartwell talked about being sad for losing everything Rose then mocked Hartwell for losing her man. Toxic Attraction mocked Hartwell, and Jane called Hartwell a loser. 
So yeah, this was high school. This was high school, high school confidential. Yeah, this is where we're at with uh, 2.0. It's funny too because they'll even do some promos in front of the lockers just to really hammer home the high school thing. This was in the uh, the weird bar area where Mandy Rose once got spaghetti dumped on her head. But uh, anyway, mean girls bullying Indy. Poor Indy. Yeah. Um. So. The next match. Yeah, lots, <laughs> lots to say about this, good and bad. Nikita yeah. Lyons versus Ariana Grace, um, daughter of Santino Morella, Toronto girl. This was definitely a, a first match. You can see that both of these ladies have a ton of potential, but this was a this was uh, what you would expect out of the women's breakout tournament. Yeah, exactly. That, and that, there's nothing wrong with that, right? They're still in developmental. They're still learning. You know, this is Ariana Grace's first NXT match, at least, like, you know, outside of level up. And, um, you know, here in my notes, and I hate saying this, but, you know, just bear with me when I say this. <laughs> bear with me. All right. You know that horny Twitter was just blowing up at this point. <laughs> Yeah, this yeah. If you're a thirsty wrestling fan, Twitter was was popping off at this match for sure. I probably should have uh, chosen a better uh, <laughs> phrase there, but yep. well, maybe not. That's probably accurate. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, this match wasn't long. It was actually really short. It was only three minutes and nine seconds. Oh wow! It felt like it felt like two or three times that long. It, dude, that's that was my point, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, you know, they're still developing. Grace looks pretty rough right now, uh, you know, but still she's a lot better than a lot of the other talent that we see on 2.0. Uh, you know, and Lions is, 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 is improving, but uh, man, Lions, I don't know. There, there's just something about her that seems a little too, too much. A little extra, if yeah. you will. Yeah, she's uh well, she's very much still playing pro wrestler, but she's good at it. But you know what I mean? That's like she, as she gets more comfortable, she'll become more believable. She won't be trying to convince us that she's a wrestler. She'll just be doing wrestler things. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I think I think that's that's the problem right now. Like her one live promo where she just completely went into like day one wrestling school mode like oh, i'm the i'm the mean girl like she just started yelling like no human being would ever speak you know what i mean it's just yeah. a matter of it's just a matter of comfort and uh finding some amount of yourself in the character i think you know yep so lions hit, hits grace with two high round houses and then a german suplex uh back-to-back -back hook kicks lions hit grace with her split leg drop Finisher for the win in three minutes and nine seconds to advance to the second round of the NXT Women's Breakout Tournament, which will happen yeah. to be the semifinals. Yes, sir. The uh, final four, uh, if you will. Yeah, so uh, I don't know. It might get negative stars in some locations. I don't think it was that bad. I'm going to give it the classic God bless them. They tried two out of five, two felonies out of five, still below average wrestling match obviously but you know like it wasn't offensive so it, w it was there they both have a ton of potential if this happens again in 2027 it could be really good yep uh we're back to the ivy nile challenge she was beating bigger men at battle ropes she also beat them at pull-ups which also had the added weights uh so that's still a thing going on yeah, she is a heck of an athlete, though. She sure is kicking the shit out of these douchebags at the PC. Yep, we get a video package for Natalia versus Cora Jade. Um, Zia Lee and Tamina were featured in a WWE Asian uh, and Pacific Islander PSA. Viking Raiders cut a promo, a lot of grunting, a lot of stuff doing going on. Yeah, yeah, so I thought you had more to say about it. But no, no that, that about covers it, buddy. A lot of grunting. Much grunting to be had with the Viking Raiders. They are back. The path of destruction will uh, begin again next week in NXT. So it looks like they're here for a while, these Viking Raiders. Seems so, right? All right, so Natalia versus Cora Jade. This also so happened to be the main event of the show. Um... So, you know, overall, very good match. Definitely the best Cora Jade has looked. I liked how she sold in this match. 
Uh, I think this was kind of hurt a little bit by the the too cute WWE style, the uh, the overproduced NXT style. I would have liked to have seen this exact match, this exact promotion, the whole feud, everything in a different company. You know what I mean? Because like the rookie versus veteran thing leading to this main event match with this finish. I don't want to say it needed blood because you never need blood in wrestling. And I'm not, I'm not begging for Cora Jade to start blading herself. You know what I mean? But it needed something. It needed a little bit. You just needed a little bit more hate, a little bit, a little bit of something. I don't know. At the same time, very good match. Worthy main event. I enjoyed it, but I would have loved to, I, I would have loved to have seen it in AEW. I hate to say that, but. No, I know what you mean, but like, you know, that's the thing, right? Like, I think you, you hit the nail on the head with the cute you know, WWE, especially women's matches, they try to be cute. Yeah, definitely. And at the end of the day, they did go with the baby face kind of finish. Like, they they shook hands, they embraced. Although Natalia, to be fair, Natalia did say, everyone tops out, everyone tops out. She said it over and over, and the announcers were, were careful to say, Cora Jade never topped out. And that's kind of heelish, right? To to be so conceited that you don't even pay attention to what actually happened. That's not a, that's not a baby face trait. That's a heel trait. Yep. All right. So then Jade put Natalia in a sharpshooter. Jade went for a missile drop kick, but Natalia dragged Jade into a sharpshooter of her own. Jade almost reached the ropes twice, but Natalia dragged Jade right into the center of the ring. Uh, Jade ends up passing out for the loss in 14 minutes, 11 seconds via ref stoppage. Natalia won. Yes, the old Brett versus Austin WrestleMania 13 finish. Uh, no Ken Shamrock bursting out of a ref uh, shirt in this. But, yeah, no, I thought overall definitely the best match of the show. Solid main event. Probably the best match of Cora Jade's career. Can't think of a better one on top of my head. Uh, yeah, not even the stand and deliver match was as good as this. No, I don't think so. Yeah, this was a, a solid B, three and a half felonies out of five. And uh, yeah, good main event. Good job, ladies. Yep, exactly. So that was the show. Women were heavily featured. Uh, we had a pretty entertaining main event that got a lot of time. The, my one thing is, you know, after the match when Natalia uh, hugged and gave the handshake to Jade, uh, you know, we need to remember that Natalia is a heel both on NXT and SmackDown, so that was kind of out of character. Uh, but whatever, that's a, if that's my biggest nitpick of the main event, that's a pretty good main event. Yeah, and you could still, she could still kind of be a dick about it. She could still say, well, <laughs> you of course you tapped out to me, but pat her on the head, like, good effort, little girl. Like, be a dismissive, condescending winner. You know what I mean? And maybe if she sticks around in NXT, that's how they will go with it. Who knows? Yep, Exactly. All right, dude, let us travel to the UK to cover some NXT UK. Yes, sir. All right. Each and every week, we usually say that NXT UK is the best WWE show of the week. Matt? Not not this time. <laughs> not this not time. So much. Not so <laughs> not much. Not so much. This was NXT UK 2.0, Boris. This is exactly what it was. You know what scares me? And this is what scares me, is now that people know that NXT UK is a line item on the budget, that NXT UK is going to get the 2.0 treatment very soon. Uh, uh, yeah, they're going to ruin this other beautiful thing that we love and hold dear and enjoy every week. But, oh, well, you know what? NXT 200... Uh, NXT UK 200. I'm very much looking forward to that. I I completely completely forgive. Sorry, I'm choking on my own words here. You got me scared, Boris. You got me rattled. I think you're right. I think big changes are coming. But as of right now, I'm excusing this one show, this one blip, uh, because next week is going to be very good, and we'll see from there. Yep. All right, so the show actually started out pretty funny. We see Lash Legend. Uh, she mistakes Emilia McKenzie for a crew member, asking her to take her bags to the dressing room. Uh, we get Andy Shepard and Nigel McGuinness. Uh, we get Noam Dar's Supernova Sessions. Uh, he's with Shaw Samuels. They welcome Lash Legend to the set. Uh, Dar gifted Legend with some uh, wilted flowers. Uh, Samuels presented Legend with a blooming bouquet of flowers. Dar said he and Samuels were legends on the lash. 
that actually made me laugh out loud. Yeah, that's yeah a, a good line. Uh, so yeah, right off the hop, they used to do this kind of near the entrance area, and they had their own set. It looked unique and different to pro wrestling presentation, specifically WWE presentation. And this is kind of a clue that the higher ups, the Bruce Pritchards, the uh, Kevin Dunn's, what whoever it might be, the John Laurinaitis is, 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 uh, are watching because now. Noam Dar has every WWE style interview segment you've ever seen. He's got the cutting edge. It's basically him doing Miz TV. You know what I mean? Yep, that's exactly that was that was in my notes. It's like Miz TV question mark Kevin Owens show question mark. It's just every interview segment now, right? There's nothing that makes it different. Even you know before we got a more cinematic view, this was just like regular boom, you know, interview set uh, segment. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly right. Also, if we're going to make fun of like dick jokes and nonsense, uh, Noam Dar stealing the the joke right out of Austin Powers, the uh, the champagne exploding. Oh, I swear to God, that never happens. You know what yeah. I mean? So, yeah, we're uh, that's that's what kind of segment this this uh, this opening was here. Crowd yeah, didn't really dig it at all. Yeah, they tried to put Lash Legend over, but really it, it was it, it just it, it just didn't work for me. Um, you know, she, even the end just got a little goofy because she starts cutting a promo relating her physical attributes to safari animals. And that was just like, oh, man, who's writing this stuff? Yeah, man, I don't know about that one. Hopefully she came up with those lines and nobody else. But yeah, yeah, just if, if anyway, this was uh, this was a segment. Yep. Not the best. Not a great way to start. Uh, so we see Von Wagner and Sam Gredwell. They had an altercation. Uh, Damon Kemp found Samuels backstage and claimed his 400 to 1 odds for success was disrespectful. <laughs> that is a funny gag. So Shaw Samuels and Noam Dar have their odds board. And it's uh, the people on the board are the NXT 2.0 people who have come over. And the, 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 the gimmick is odds for success with no parameters given as to what success might be. So I just love it. Classic healing. Uh, but yeah, so Damon Kemp, it's, it's so funny because on one brand, they're baby face, they're hardcore baby face, but now he's joining the diamond mine. So he's going to be heel. But this Damon Kemp was a conquering hero on this show. Yep. Uh, the first match of the night was Tiger Turan versus Tate Mayfairs. Tiger Turan, the former Amir Jordan, in a new gimmick. This is his first match in this gimmick. I liked it. He looked good. Yeah, Tiger Turan ends up winning. Uh, he gets some chops, a suplex, a drop kick. Turan nailed May Mayfairs with a senton bomb for the top from the top rope for the win. <laughs> it's funny. We saw two Swantons on the on the two NXT shows that we're covering. Alba Fire's Swanton was old Jeff Hardy, where she barely grazes her opponent and she takes the full bump on her own, looks beautiful, completely safe. Tiger Turan Swanton was new Jeff Hardy, where he lands like a bag of shit on his opponent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it looked so painful. Oh, it looked so goddamn painful. Poor Tate Mayfair's there. Yep. All right. So, Coffee Brothers and Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter had an altercation. Uh, both teams claimed they were next in line for a shot at the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. So, that'll be fun. Smith and Carter versus the Gallus Boys. Coffee Brothers winner gains access to the tag team title triple threat. Yep. Uh, we see a vignette for Ivy Nile. Uh, uh, Nina Samuels said she's going to personally welcome Nile to NXT UK in a match next week. We are big fans of Nina Samuels's character. She's not a strong wrestler yet, but Ivy Nile actually is is pretty dang good in the ring. So I'm excited to see what these uh, ladies can do. Yep. Uh, Damon Kemp versus Danny Jones. Yeah, Damon Kemp, you know, looking pretty good. A, uh, I, well, I would you call him like a like a poor man's Scott Steiner right now, like Big Papa Pump, but in like 2007 TNA, like Big Papa Pump, but like now, where where is he? Big Papa Pump, but 2012? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's all right. Like he's all right. He's got a lot of uh, developmenting to do. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, he hits a power slam for the win. You know, pretty short match, pretty to the point. It wasn't the prettiest, but 
here we are. Yeah, he's a hard-hitting a bull. You know, like like we said, Scott Steiner, Dr. Death type Pokemon. He won with uh, something that looked a lot like the Oklahoma Stampede too, that old strong style power slam. So yep. Damon Kemp's got a future. Yep. NXT UK performers applaud Tiger Turan as he came to the back. Kenny Williams was seen in the background with pieces of paper that had been used to board up his door. Uh, he chases Turan off screen. Yes. So is Tiger Turan the guy that was fucking with Kenny Williams? Is that story just abandoned? What's going on there? Who knows what the hell's going on? It's just it seemed very random. All of this. Yes, for sure. I, I need more information before I make a judgment. But yes, I like Kenny Williams generally. It could be a good pairing. Yep. The Familia cut a promo outlining their future plans. Charlie Dempsey said he was looking forward to proving his dominance once again against a kid. Rohan Raja and Teoman claim they have their eye on the NXT UK Tag Team Championship. I love this because this promo literally defined what's next in store for these for all three of them. Yeah, production was really good, and it made all three of these guys look cool and seem like badasses. I liked it a lot, too. But they do, this group does have, like, a, a more than a whiff. Like, it's pretty, like, gangster-ish, right? So it's just funny how there's so many gangster-like groups. There's Legato del Fantasma, which is kind of like a mafioso thing. There's Tony D'Angelo, which is definitely a mafioso thing. And this is kind of like a... You know, it, it's kind of like a Gangs of London thing going on here. Yeah. All right. A hype package, hype package aired showing Ilya Dragunov and Jordan Devlin's rivalry. Uh, remember, they have a loser leaves match this week on NXT UK. So it's it's very interesting. I can see either person, you know, leaving this brand. Wouldn't surprise me to see them get rid of Dragunov. And try to get him onto the main roster, hopefully. But at the end of the day, I do think it's Devlin. I think it's Devlin who's leaving. Yep. All right. The next match, the World of Darkness match. No counts. <laughs> no DQ. Low lighting. What is going on? Yes. Uh, yes. The rules apparently are, yeah, like you said, no no disqualifications, no countouts. No light, uh, occasional strobe, so that's fun. Uh, weapons under the ring, uh, yeah, man. I don't know. This was it was a fine hardcore match, but I I, I could have I don't know I, I don't know about the world of darkness thing. I I think it it was kind of like just lacked creativity in a way. It was kind of just too cute by half, maybe. I don't quite know exactly how to describe it. Yeah, exactly. the The match itself was fine. But again, this is WWE's way of just kind of trying to say a no-holds-barred match with a cute angle. I just, yeah, they could have they could have found something else for Isla Dawn to, to do. They could have found a better match for her than no DQ with the lights off. You know what I mean? It just felt like, ah, I don't know. But you they, know they worked really hard for 13 minutes. They beat each other up with some plunder. Yeah. The match was fine. The match was perfectly fine. And, you know, there was plunder. There was that hardcore element. I was very scared that we were going to see Joe Gacy. Oh, no. I didn't even draw that conclusion. Oh, geez. Joe Gacy and Isla Dawn pairing? That could be a way to make Gacy even spookier, too. Hmm, yeah. Boris. Hmm. All right. So Mika Satamora versus Isla Dawn in a World of Darkness match for the NXT UK Women's Championship. So... Like we said, this was a lot of plunder. There was plunder in this match. This match was fine. We saw broomsticks, which was actually kind of made me laugh because, you know, the whole witchy thing, right? Ah, yes. Ha, <laughs> Very good. She is indeed a witch-a woman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> witch-a woman. <sighs> yeah. What else can we say about this it match, just really? Like, there's this, this plunder. This was fine. Yeah, This man. was a fine match. Yeah. Lots of lots of like weapon shots beating the crap out of each other with kendo sticks. There was a uh, was it a like an AA kind of a Death Valley driver onto a single chair that was open. She would like the two chairs were set up together so as to land on both chairs. But yeah, Isla Dawn just landed on one of the chairs, not two. It looked like a nasty landing. So I mean, they they worked hard and beat the crap out of each other. Yeah, exactly, and and, and you know. This match I enjoyed quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, 
but uh, we saw Don hit the double knees from the top rope to get a close pin. Don hit some kicks, but seemed to be feeling the effect of the collision with the steps. Don sets up some chairs. Satamora hit the Death Valley bomb onto the chair. Uh, she followed this up with a Scorpio rising for the win and retaining the NXT UK Women's Championship. Yes, sir. So, yeah, it was... I, I, I guess I appreciate that they didn't go full spooky Bray Wyatt, like, fun house of uh, horror or whatever those absolutely dumb batshit matches were. They tried to have a wrestling match, but... I don't know. I don't think the lights off gimmick added anything to this. I could have just done with like a weapons match, could have just done with a street fight. I get that they wanted Isla Dawn to have kind of a thing, but they could have come up with something better. Having said that, like the actual match that they, the 13 minutes of in-ring work that they gave us was pretty damn good. As good or better than the Natalia Cora match, right? Like, I think this might be the best match that we're talking about. Maybe yeah, it was Natalia so. Cora. Yeah, like that. This is the thing. Like the my one complaint is the cheesiness, the ham, the hamminess of the lights out match. The match itself was fine, but it didn't need that extra gimmick. It just was like unclear until it was ten minutes deep into the match what the heck it was, and yeah, I agree. I mean, it was kind of waiting for something else to happen, something spookier, but it never really quite did. I don't know. So yeah, uh, swing and a miss on presentation. Awesome work inside of the ring. So yeah, we I would I would go uh, three and a half uh, supernovas out of five for that one. Solid main event. Uh, like I said, as good or better than two point main event. All right, Matt, so that is NXT UK. We have NXT UK 200 coming up this week. We also have a few cards that are kind of brewing. Do you want to run through them? Sure, let's do it. Yeah, I think we have six matches on 2.0 next week. So well, let's start, like you said, with NXT UK 200, May 12th, 2022. We have the tag team match. Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter versus the Gallus boys, Mark Coffey and Joe Coffey. Winner of that match qualifies for a triple threat tag team title match against Mustache Mountain and two other people to be named later. Uh, we'll qual try to qualify as well. Ivy Nile versus Nina Samuels. That match is going to be interesting, but what we're all waiting for, this will be the reason why I watch this live. Loser leaves town match for the NXT UK title. Ilya Dragunov versus Jordan Devlin. Their first match was incredible. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. The empty arena match. It was so damn good. And this one should be great as well. Yeah, I think it's going to be a freaking great match. Like, you know, I'm just, I know we're going to be talking about this both in July and December. Oh, yeah, I hope so. I, I think we will. So May 17th, 2022, NXT 2.0, we have Wesley versus Zion Quinn, two. We have the Creed Brothers versus Viking Raiders, two. A couple rematches there, Boris. We have Santos Escobar versus Tony D'Angelo in a wrestling match. Kidnappings and felonies leading to a professional wrestling bout. We also have Cameron Grimes and Solo Sokoa versus Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. And we probably... We'll have the rest of the first round of the women's breakout tournament, which would be Roxanne Perez versus Kiana James and Lash Legend, your girl versus Tatum Paxley. Also, Braun Breaker will confront Joe Gacy and Boris. We have for NXT 2.0 in your house Saturday, June the 4th, 2022 North American title on the line. Cameron Grimes versus Carmelo Hayes. Yep. Uh, tons on the go, like I said, this summer is going to be super busy, and uh, we're going to kind of figure things out, seeing who's hosting what, uh, but we're going to, everything will be covered in some shape, way, or form, whether it be a podcast or an after party, we've got you covered. Um, yeah, so, you know, all, all the regular shows, you're a patron, you know what's coming up, Matt, pretty good show. Pretty good show. Pretty, like, no, I, I, like, I meant like the wrestling shows that we watch, like, you know, we've seen a lot worse. I thought you were talking about us there for a second. I agree, though, buddy. Yeah, we've seen a lot worse. Actually, I thought, like, 2.0 was borderline better than UK, which rarely happens. It's only happened, like, once or twice since we've started this podcast. So, yeah, I definitely have been offended by 2.0, and I was not this week, so that's good. Although the Sarai gimmick is still horse shit, there are still things to hate. But all in all, 
yeah, you know, the arrow's pointed up. It's a green arrow this week for 2.0. Exactly. And, you know, like I say, the, the best part about that show is the fact that it was featured all the women. Um, you know, the, the, the future is bright for the women's division in WWE. So that makes me happy. Yes. Was it SummerSlam 2002? No. Was it WrestleMania X7? No. Overall, was it like the best professional wrestling I've ever seen? No. But a perfectly fine 2.0 show it was. And I'm glad to review it, Boris. Thank you very much for uh, putting up with this show with me. And uh, let's hope that uh, these, you know, uh, performers just keep getting chances and keep developing in front of our eyes. Exactly. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Until BAM, we'll chat soon. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, yeah.